This is an RNZ podcast. Last weekend here on Media Watch, we talked to Brendan Hill, the Sydney-based Chief Executive for Australia and New Zealand at Bauer Media, the company headquartered in Germany, which owned most of our biggest and best magazines and closed them all down in April before selling some of them off earlier this month. Last week, the private equity firm Mercury Capital said that it would kickstart production of the ones that it now owns, including Woman's Day, New Zealand Woman's Weekly, The Listener and the Air New Zealand in-flight magazine Cura. Bowers Brendan Hill told MediaWatch that meant they'd be back on the shelves and in subscribers' mailboxes in early September. And he told us that they'd be the same quality as before, with some of the same staff coming back to join a new 40-strong editorial team. A lot of the people have um, been really delighted to come back, so we're, we're really um, delighted with the team we've put together, and it's all ex-employees, so that's really good um, in that regard. And I think the magazines that you see as they were prior will be exactly the same now in terms of the pagination, the quality of the content, the contributors we have, the art directors, the journalists, etc., will be back as they were. Well, this past week there's been no further announcements about who'll be in which job at the returning titles, but we do know The Listener will now be back under the same long-serving editor, Pamela Sterling, who's been at the magazine since the 1970s. And fans of The Listener's crossword will be pleased to know that compiler David Tossman will return to the magazine when it goes back into production. In a profile of him, writer Nick Ascroft reckoned that more people enjoy the writings of David Tossman than any other single New Zealand writer. The long-serving editor of North and South magazine, Virginia Larson, will become the new editor of Air New Zealand's magazine, Kiora. But before taking on that role, she's been helping out a couple of journalists from Germany, based in Auckland, who have become the new owners of North and South and are now working hard to get that magazine back in print. Journalists Konstantin Richter and Verena Friedrike Hassel moved here from Germany only recently and they've recently written to subscribers of North and South to let them know what's happening. But if a giant German company decided it couldn't make a go of it after nearly a decade in charge, what chance two German journalists starting almost from scratch? I asked North and South's former editor Virginia Larson and the new owners, Verena Friedrike Hassel and Konstantin Richter. We do have a long history with uh, New Zealand. We've kept coming back over the years and... um we came here two years ago, spending half a year here. Um, we, we, we want to move here, and um, back in, in, in March, that was meant to be a shorter visit, and then um, you probably know what happened. Our flights got cancelled. Uh, we couldn't go back, and then on a wonderful day, we saw that these great magazines are, are up for sale, and um, then our lives changed. Mm, and Verena, um, I've read uh, Constantine's story that he wrote about it saying, you know, initially he, he didn't even put out the recycling and didn't pack a coat because he thought he'd be back in Germany before too long. But uh, you were already here, I guess. Uh, I was already here with our three daughters, yeah. And lots of people ask us, oh, why did you buy um, the magazine? And I will put it differently. I'd say who would not buy a wonderful magazine like North and South if he or she had the chance. Because if you see something happening that doesn't seem right, it is great if you have the means to do something about it. And I think we're privileged that we could submit, we couldn't put some money into something we believe in, and that's great journalism. And there's also another reason um, we've fallen in love with New Zealand when we moved here two years ago. So we'd like to give back to this country by making sure that one of its best magazines comes back to life. And Verena, interestingly, in the letter that's gone out to subscribers of the magazine, uh, urging them to hang on in there and telling them it will be back soon, uh, you say 
you know, you put in a bid when you realised this was possible, uh, and then 12 weeks went by, and, and perhaps were you surprised that uh, as the sale process went on, um, were you surprised that they got back to you and said, actually, yes, we'll accept your bid? Well, surprised. Well, I'd say we'd, we were happy, you know. We took it day by day. We didn't know what was going to happen. So, yeah, we were just open for everything. And obviously we were very happy that it worked out in the end. And the- I think, could I add something else? I think it's a bit of an unfortunate coincidence that the people who closed North and South down were Germans just like us. So I do hope that we're not being seen as just another bunch of Germans taking over. I hope we're being seen as who we are, not a big company, just the two of us. And people who have been journalists all, all their lives who care about journalism and to know what good journalism is and who are willing to take a risk because we're keen to save something that we think is worth saving. Yeah, I'm sure they won't hold it against you, uh, the fact that you are German and, yes, of course, Bauer Media. But they made their decision based in Hamburg. They're a a global conglomerate and clearly very different uh, to two people, uh, two journalists from Germany who have decided to do this here. But, I mean, Virginia, you would have been there at the magazine uh, when the surprising, shocking news came through that this the sale was going to happen. I mean, are you pretty glad that uh, it's not in the hands of, you know, another offshore-owned conglomerate that uh, may or may not have its best interests at heart? Oh, look, I'm delighted that Constantin and Verena have taken over. I think it's in fabulous hands, and I, mean, I think you've already heard, you know, they're deeply committed to long-form journalism, and that, that was certainly an increasing point of difference with North and South. You know, there wasn't another publication really doing those big... Big, big investigative stories. So I think it's, you know, I just do hope the subscribers and the and the retail buyers come back and support it because it's, a, you know, it's going to be in very good hands. But having said that, Virginia, I mean, you know what it takes to make a magazine like this. I mean, already you mentioned some of that long form journalism. Take a writer like Mike White, for example, um, one of North and South's best, an award winner. You know, he he's gone. You won't be able to have him back. He's gone to work for stuff doing journalism. For them, is it going to be hard to put together uh, a team of, of similarly capable people? Well, well, I've been talking to Constantine and Verena, you know, for, for some weeks, and Mike going to stuff great loss for for North and South. But I do hope, you know, there's some other wonderful writers out there. Um, obviously, I was I worked closely with Donna Chisholm and Joanna Wayne, and you know, I think you know they've got. They've got journalism in the blood, and I'm sure they'll be keen to do stories for the new mag. And, um, you know, I think it'll be a matter of getting some fresh new voices in the magazine and and a fresh new face at the helm. I think it's fantastic. And, Constantine, uh, I mean, how far along the road are you with uh, putting together this team? And and in the end, will the magazine be something pretty similar to the one that, um, you know, the subscribers... Have have uh, have subscribed to and, and some of them backed for many many years. Um, we are not going to be editors, so we're looking to build a team, and that's I think an important point because uh, we do have a lot of experience as journalists, and uh, but our experience is overseas, and uh, this is the quintessential New Zealand magazine. So um, I think it's important to point out that um, that we're looking for a, a team here of, of New Zealanders who will do this magazine. You asked about change. I mean, this is such a great magazine. It's got a great tradition. Um, as Virginia said, there's no other place in New Zealand like this. It's got stories running up to 10,000 words. That's a treasure. So I think there's uh, lots to hold on to, 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 to hold on to. At the same time, um, the ma- since Bauer 
closed the magazine, um, a lot of things have changed and um, we have changed and maybe you, Colin, have changed and um, in, in these interesting times and the country has changed. So the journalism has to adjust to that and, um, and, and we want to, to provide the magazine that reflects current New Zealand. It's um, very important in times when people are reinventing themselves all over the country because they have to adapt to different circumstances. It's, I think it's important that that reflects on journalism as well, to have a sort of antidote to the negativity of me news media and have a magazine that uh, um, sort of points out all the optimistic good things happening all over New Zealand. And there's something else I'd like to add. You know, what I love most about New Zealand is this great sense of togetherness that cannot be found in most other places of the world. Our children here learn about it at school. It's Vanunga Tanga, although they can probably pronounce it better than I can. And the idea that we're in this together, um, whether this is going to be a success, um, doesn't only depend on Constantine and me, although we're surely going to work very hard. It also depends on the readers, whether they embrace the magazine when it's back and whether they're going to help us with the transition process because we're really keen to hear more from the readers. There were 7,700 subscribers, and that's wonderful. But what about all the people who haven't subscribed yet? What, what are they looking for in a magazine? Do some people left, feel left out or not heard? And we also heavily depend on the help of all the fabulous journalists out there because we're only going to be the publishers, as Constantine pointed out. So we hope that many journalists who share our vision will be in touch. But Virginia, I mean, you know what it takes to make uh, this magazine. And uh, I guess, I mean, the ownership of Bauer ended up being a negative because when things turned for the company, they bailed out on it. But, I mean, there must have been benefits of the scale of, of being owned by a big company. Is it going to be hard to recreate something of the same quality without, you know, a lot of those, um, those, those corporate structures around it? I know what you mean. You know, there's the IT guy down the, down the hallway and there's things like that. But there's also, I mean, there's some pretty good examples of smaller publishers around New Zealand doing really good magazines with small teams and low overheads and, you know, being pretty nimble. So truly, you could look, you could take that either side. I mean, I think it's also great to see Mercury back bringing some of the other magazines back and, and they, they will be, you know, much smaller business in comparison to the previous one too. But um, I, overall, the good side of all of this coming out of lockdown and the closures is that we're seeing some of the, the great magazines back. And I'm hoping, you know, that it's both um, colourful and competitive and it'll be interesting out there. And I think New Zealanders are going to be fantastically well served by what's going to be on the, on the newsstand very soon. Mm -hmm. I think the media industry is in decline. Everyone knows that. And if you're just after making money, you will probably invest elsewhere. So obviously we are what you might call idealists, but that doesn't mean that we're not sort of um, yeah, realistic and pragmatic and know what we're doing and we've got a business plan, obviously. But if we talk about, you know, the, the nuts and bolts and the money involved in this, I mean, is it something that if it makes a loss for a little while, you can sustain that? Or do you need to have more than the, I think, 7,700 uh, subscribers you mentioned there? Do you need to build that base of subscribers and regular customers to make sure you can keep doing this? There's a very um, straightforward answer to that. Uh, we can sustain that. Virginia, you mentioned there that the, the whole media industry is changing. 
uh, one of the many pieces written about this recently came out just this week. It was David Slack, um, a writer and commentator. Um, he was a newspaper columnist and one of those who's um, you know lost his slot um, because of post-COVID cutbacks. And he said the me- the media to him seems to re- remind him of farming back in the eighties. Um, clearly a place for it, um, but no way things could go on as they were, subsidised uh, farming and so on. And, uh, you know, then there was Rogernomics, the free market, and uh, it was very difficult for a few years. But uh, he said before long the accepted wisdom was that it had all been inevitable and the sector was better off for it, more in- innovative and um, responsive. Do you think you, you mentioned their smaller publishers um, – still producing magazines and Mercury Capital coming back in. Do you think that if we went forward five years' time, we're actually going to see lots of smaller publishers, you know, including Constantine uh, and Verena, uh, you know, successfully producing new media in a new environment? I do hope so. I mean, I do think magazines, from what I understand, I was talking to uh, some of the distributors over there, you know, they sold very well uh, during the lockdown and sort of level fours and three periods. So there were people, you know, Everybody's having to watch their their dollars at the moment, but there's obviously still a market and a and a desire for actual physical magazines. I think it would be good now to see a little bit more contestable funding available to magazine print media. That's generally had to had to go it alone on sales and and ad sales, obviously. So that would be good, perhaps just to support some of the local arts and books and and those kinds of areas. So that would be an advantage to some of the smaller publishers. But, yeah, I think there's quite a possibility that, yeah, David's um, emergence of more smaller, more nimble units um, finding their niche quite successfully. But, look, let's, let's hope so. I'd love to see it happen. Well, you anticipated my next question, actually, which was that you know, the government have put in some uh, emergency short-term measures to ease the plight of media. Most of that was of assistance to broadcasters. Um, this is in the immediate post-lockdown period. But they did say uh, there will be another package of measures for the longer term uh, to support sustainable media. What do you think the government could usefully do? There have been suggestions, for example, discounts on postage and things like that. Uh, what do you think the government could usefully do to ensure um, the prospects of uh, startups like this one? The magazine publishers, Colin, would love you to take that message to the Post, to, you know, to NZ Post, because that would make an enormous difference to magazines. If the government could do something like that, which, let's face it, they would be able to, that would be a brilliant, um, brilliant move. I think um, probably local publishers publishing New Zealand uh, books would have really noticed the absence of the listener and North and South, and also, you know, some of the women's mags next and the others that uh, reviewed books, because that was their conduit to the very people who would be buying those books. And I think if there is some funding to support um, independent reviews and extracts and author profiles, that would be enormously helpful to a number of different magazines. There could be other ways of, you know, some independent funding for particular investigations that could be done or younger writers supporting some um, junior writers coming on board different magazines being partly subsidised to do, you know, to do really good work on New Zealand stories. Look, there's lots of ways and I'm really hoping that, you know, the government sort of does uh, walk the walk as well as talk the talk in that regard. And Constantine, as a publisher, um, will you be looking for 
advertisers and even maybe you know sponsored sponsors something like that to be associated with with the magazines. Uh, for example, I think North and South had you know large um, kind of advertorial supplements um, written on behalf of things like Lincoln University and so on. Would you be looking to con- continue that uh, in your publication? We'll be looking at everything. Um, that being said, uh, we're journalists from Germany and uh, Europe, and I've also done lots of journalism in the US where there has to be a clear barrier between what is um, advertising and sponsored content and uh, native advertising on the one hand and editorial content on the other. And do you have experience with negotiating that line and where it ought to be? I do. Um, I'm also on the board of a Swiss media company, a family company, and uh, we deal with that issue all the time. Wonderful. And um, Verena, I know you put the bid in 12 weeks uh, after it was finally accepted, so I guess that's time when you could have been planning and be further ahead than you hoped to be. Uh, you've written to subscribers asking, thanking them for their patience and saying the magazine will reappear as soon as possible, but... Do you know when when it will be that they could expect there will be something in their mailboxes? Um, I think that's something um, that that we'll be talking uh, about to subscribers. We'll do a weekly newsletter and uh, we'll communicate with them. The answer now is as soon as possible, of course, and it's not going to be long. uh, But I I, I think that's something that we'll talk to subscribers and readers about uh, very, very soon. And Verena, do you want individual journalists who have ideas um, and or even work that they've written with nowhere to go or, or, or pictures they want to publish, do you want these people to be in touch with you directly offering you ideas now or is it just too soon? Oh, no, yes, of course. We're happy to talk to everyone who's got ideas. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, you know, what we really like about North and South is just, um, well, everything is in the, the title. It's um, the North and the South and the important word at the end. So um, this is really a magazine for... Older people, younger people, people living in the cities, people living in the regions. It's a title that embraces the whole of New Zealand, and so we want to make a magazine for all New Zealanders. And journalists who sort of share that vision is very welcome to, to join. And you yourselves, uh, both journalists, it must be tempting to want to write for it yourselves, or you really want to be hands-on as, uh, hands-off as publishers and, and, uh, and leave the editors to do what they want to do? You know what? Um, oh, Colin, to be honest, I've been working as a reporter for so long. I worked for a daily newspaper, which was very sort of um, tiring. I moved on to work for a weekly. I did all kinds of stories. I followed a politician for 100 days asking whether he would change politics or whether politics would change him. And I spent lots of time in a women's prison in order to write a feature story about life there. And I wrote about a um, successful management consultant who turned into a, a language teacher for refugees. So I'm, I'm quite happy to be the publisher now. Uh, yeah. Same, same for me. I mean, I've uh, not just done a lot of journalism in German and in English, but I um, also wrote three novels. So um, the writing part, the agonizing over words and all that, that's, uh, that's something that uh, I'm happy to put behind and uh, we, we embrace this new role. Virginia has been wonderful. We we contacted her early on, uh, right after we expressed an interest in this, and uh, uh, we've been talking to her a lot, and she couldn't have been more helpful. That was Konstantin Richter and Verena Friedricha Hassel, the new owners of North and South magazine, and we also heard there from the former editor of the magazine, Virginia Larson. Now, as we heard there, they're striving to get the publication up and running as soon as possible, and they'll be posting updates on their progress at the website northandsouth.co.nz.